Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show on the air, and we're back at it. Hour number three of the program. For those of you, the first couple of hours, I know it's a green and gold Monday. I know we're talking about Packers victory, but today was the day we discussed a lot of Wisconsin Badger football, and I think there's a lot of good that came out of it, a lot of perspective that came out of it. But uh, we cannot ignore the fact that the Green Bay Packers by no means played their best game of the season, but still in a in, in a dogfight, won a game they should have won, but shouldn't have won, but won. And uh, to talk a little bit more about it, our good buddy uh, Eric Baranchik of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us uh, on the hotline. Eric, uh, I don't even know how to describe this game specifically because it was so ugly in many different facets. But then you want to talk about the positive? Mason Crosby, when he made the kick, before it even split the uprights, he turned around as if to say, whew, yes, like I'm back. Uh, the weight of the world came off his shoulders. It, it seemed like, okay, talking to him before the game about process and hearing his words about process and about how things have been corrected, the special teams have been a spotlight and a highlight pretty much throughout the season, correct? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um yeah, you know, I, let me ask you this question because you, you you mentioned earlier that, you know, it's an ugly win. But, so here's my question to you and everybody else. If it's January 15th, does anybody care what the score was? All that matters was it's a W, right? Right. Nobody so, cares what the score I, I completely agree with you, yes. So it's October 2nd, and we're worried about it being an ugly win. It's, they didn't win by enough points. They didn't look dominant enough. And I guess my answer to all of everybody is, you know what, when you're a running football team, and make no mistake about it right now, that's a running football team, a lot of your games are going to be close or closer. And is it ugly? Depends on who, you, who you're looking at. I, I love running football. I love it. It's so for me, that was a great game. I enjoyed it. I was the edge of my seat the entire time. Um you take you take two plays out the Romeo Dobbs drop and the Romeo Dobbs uh, fumble and it's probably a, ga- a win a game that they win going away. So I, how I look at it is it was a great running performance. They got some kinks that they're going to continue to work out, but I, it's a W and the W is at the end of the season. It says in your point differentials is just how many Ws you get. At least that's how I see it. And I could be wrong. I don't yeah. know. How do you feel? Well, I, I look at it, first of all, you're right, 183 yards on the ground for uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It was a ground and pound, and then obviously the one little you know, end around, so to speak, with Christian Watson, which worked to perfection. All of that, I completely agree, it's a running offense. What I look at is a lot of what I've been kind of you know yelled at about over the last couple of years, and that is maybe I nitpick the wins a little bit too much because I can see some of the chinks in the armor, but then again, I also look at it and I say, wait a minute, there's some things that are consistently wrong here. Can they correct these? Will they correct these? When will I see the correction of these issues that have ultimately cost them in the postseason? Last year we talked time and again about the close but no cigar, close calls of the special teams. Well, that came back to haunt them. We talked about last year about play calling and getting the first two or three drives right and then getting stale and stagnant after that. We've seen that again this year. I just wonder, on January 15th, can they win this way? Uh, yeah, I, I think they can. I mean, and I look at it, there's, here's a, the, the chink in the armor. So here's one of the chinks in the armor. You got a bunch, you got a team with a bunch of number three receivers on it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. Alan Lazard's a great human being and he's just an awesome dude. 
but he's a number three receiver at best. Okay, when you talk about when, when people talk about you know number one, number two as a skill level type guy, he's your number three receiver. He's a possession receiver. He's gonna you know make all the catches. He's gonna do all those kind of things. But he's not dynamic. He's not gonna get anything done. And then you got Cobb, who's at the you know the very twilight of his career. And you know the, the Romeo Dobbs. Here's the bright part that I think a lot of people need to see. That throw, that the first touchdown that he caught, uh, or, or I should say, the only touchdown that he caught, that play was spectacular. If you, mm-hmm. if people want to slow down, they want to watch that play again, that ball comes out at the nine-yard line. For a young receiver, a lot of times they start, the ball comes out, and they start turning their head and turn their shoulders. Now the defensive back has time to recover, can come up, make a play on the ball, at least defend it. You saw him stay true to his, you know, so the ball's in the air for eight yards. He stayed true to his route, driving his shoulders upfield. He gets to the two-yard line. He turns. The D-back had no idea that the ball was coming. He turns, makes a great catch, falls backwards in the end zone. Touchdown. That is a professional wide receiver that does things like that. Now you look at the play in the third quarter or the second quarter with Christian Watson up the sideline, and he bends over backwards like some sort of Gumby move rather than running upfield and then turning his shoulders at the last second to make the catch. So that's the difference between a professional wide receiver and a college wide receiver. So you see Romeo Dobbs making that improvement that can get them where they need to be in the in the pre in the postseason, and Christian Watson isn't there yet. The only thing he can do is run when the ball's in his hand. So his he if they're going to be effective in January, he has to develop at least at the similar trajectory that Romeo Dobbs is developing. I do like the fact that they set this up weeks ago against the Chicago Bears. We saw a lot of that motion out of Christian Watson. He didn't get the ball, obviously. Now we see motion out of him again and again and again. He didn't get the ball until he did, and when he did, they hit Pater. So they had been setting that kind of motion up and using that pretty consistently with the ability to give him the football. Now teams that look at this Packers team say, wait a minute, it's not just motion. It's not just to dictate which direction the defense is going to be drug to but also we have to look at this as a legitimate threat and weapon so that's going to give other opportunities for other guys and rogers to do different things with the football down the road so that play call i liked sure and there's a lot more of that too because what what that does exactly what you're talking about what that does is freezes backers and freezes safeties because not they showed yesterday not only are they going to hand the ball to him but he can do that orbit motion or he can do flat line motion across the line of scrimmage and they'll throw it to him over there in the flat the, unfortunately, they missed the pass. It was a bad pass. But the reality is, is that what that's going to do, and you saw it happen to Lazard in that one play in the third quarter where he came up the seam, and it was a third down and six, and they caught it for 15 right in the seam. That's because the safety was the, – the linebackers were held because you had one running back going to one flat, the other running back going to the other flat. So the, the linebackers had to hold, and the safety came up. And as soon as that safety got the weight on his front – toe they snapped the ball and it was a lazard all the way so you had a great quarterback but that shows you what that's going to do to the linebackers to open up the stuff downfield is get those safeties with their feet in cement and linebackers looking in the backfield and then whoop, that's when the guy sneaks out behind there and those plays are going to continue to happen the more success they have with you know if you think about it it's kind of like the 49ers 
uh, last year and the year before. Everything's everything's horizontal, and all of a sudden, bang, one comes out of the chute. And they're, they're, you see that it's starting to happen, especially now that they continue to run. If they can continue to run the football in the same fashion that they are, there's going to be more and more of those plays, especially against teams that aren't as well coached as, as um, New England. That secondary was was I, I sat there and up there in the box just looking at it going how are these safeties not biting how are they not biting they're just coached very very well to stay deep you saw safeties they did not go to fill the alley or fill to the perimeter until the ball crossed the line of scrimmage and for most people that is really difficult probably not for them because they got to deal with that grumpy bugger in the in the watching film on Mondays but boy I tell you they're very well coached, and that's what took away some of the stuff that the Packers wanted to do. But they still got them in a couple of occasions, especially when mm-hmm. they wanted to creep that safety down to the box. You got eight guys in the box, and you're going to come out to shoot on the perimeter if they can execute the play at the end. So that's going to be the next step that they have to do. Everything's happening. You know, you can see it happen. It's just they got to be able to execute, up, uh, uh, you know, when those things happen. The pass to Watson, Dobbs has got to hang on to that one of the touchdown. Those three, those two happen, and then the fumble, it's probably a blowout going away. It's going to take some time, but I, I like what I'm seeing. So, okay, let me ask you this. Uh, defensively speaking, uh, it seemed like when – you know, Bill Belichick needed pressure. They would bring a corner blitz. They were they were kind of trying to put as much as they could on Aaron Rodgers and make him throw to a I don't want to say an inexperienced, but not the best of the best receiving core. You saw Joe Barry. They stayed in a lot of soft zone coverage, man. And and you know Bailey Zappi was hitting. I mean, the guy was throwing underneath passes and hitting guys that were running wide open across the middle. You know, at what point do you see Joe Barry say, wait a minute, you know, was it just the fact that Adrian Amos, their center fielder, went down, kind of the captain of the defense, so to speak, and you were playing without Jair, that things began to get a little sideways, and is that indicative of the depth? Or was this Joe Barry just didn't want to be aggressive and wanted to keep everything in front of him? It was, it was, it was two quarterbacks that were not staying home doing their job. So on the one long one at the, at the beginning of the game, that was Razul Douglas who, who – who, you know what? He, they were playing. They're in a three deep zone, and he just got kind of got worked. He got turned around a little bit. Not the best. The, the touchdown by Aguilar up the sideline, and it was the fourth quarter. Eric Stokes carried his guy beyond his zone. They were they were again in cover three. He carried his guy beyond the zone, and that guy snuck behind it. Had he stayed home, might have been a completion, but it certainly wouldn't have been a touchdown. Their way that they do defense. Is they're gonna? They're not gonna let you throw it over the top of us. We're gonna. You're gonna catch stuff in front of us, and we're gonna. Uh, uh, we're gonna tackle it. We're gonna make you go 80 yards downfield, and hopefully we get. We're gonna sack you. And if you don't sack us, you're gonna throw it up. Some point at some point, we're gonna pick you off. That's that's their philosophy. That's how they play. You can see it because they're not playing. They're not sending guys. The only blitz that you really see is they send uh, Quay Walker, which. It's probably going to become more and more um, as the season goes on. He finally got home yesterday on that first out pass on third down to uh, to the tight end. He got home to the quarterback where he couldn't step in and finish the throw. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that once he starts getting on his feet and being able to do it. But you're right uh, in the aspect that they do play soft, and that's 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 who they are. That's what they do. It. I don't think it's going to change. They want to get after the quarterback. 
We're talking with Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press Gazette breaking down yesterday's Packers game. So uh, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, talked about, you know, got to be better and talked about how he played and, and such. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is now going through the realization just and we're going to hear from him coming up. But just in saying, look, I, I can't play the same way I'm accustomed to. I, I just got to start throwing it up and letting these guys just try to make plays. It certainly seems like. As much as he tries to elevate people to his level, like maybe there's a realization of, I got to just let these guys make plays and see what happens. He he did say we can't win this way. We can't win this way in the postseason. So I think there's a there's a I, I don't want to say a come to Jesus in all of this, but I think that there is a frustration level on Aaron Rodgers' part saying we we're not. I can see it down the road. We're not going to win like this. We have to do things differently, and I'm getting frustrated because I just I'm going to have to throw it up and see what guys can do because there's no way he can be the MVP again this season. Well, the tight end is going to be his friend. Uh, I think the that's the old adage, right? You were a tight end. You were always the quarterback's best buddy. So mm-hmm. here's the here's, – I think Robert Tanyan kind of ripped the, ripped the Band-Aid off yesterday. I, I think he's going to get some more seam stuff. Plus, because the Packers are – if you're going to face the Packers, you're going to see some – uh, cover two stuff, or you're going to see two, you know, a man under with two over the top. Uh, as soon as that safety comes down, they got to be able to exploit that um, corner blitzer. So here's the part that you miss with a young receiver: you get a you get a nickel blitz, and that receiver just continues off and does his route, doesn't do a slant. Teams are going to keep doing that, so they got to be able to recognize that. Hey, I got a I got a nickel blitz here. I got to break off my route, run a slant because or my quarterback's going to be in two pieces. You know, so some of those things aren't happening, and they're not getting open um, off the line of scrimmage as well. So they got to make themselves open, and <clears throat> that's why they're going to continue to run the ball and get guys in bad positions and play action pass. And uh, you know, and listen, and, and Rogers missed a couple yesterday. I'm sure he was. He mm-hmm. had that too. Um, so uh, you know, I, it, it's a it's a bunch of stuff, and the the the, um, the frustration part for him is. Yeah, he's used to having a couple of receivers that have been with him for a while and know the little things, and now he's got, you know, Alan Lazard. And you can say what you want, great guy, super guy, good teammate. He's a guy I'd like to have him blocks well, but he's not very good off the ball, and he's not really explosive. So with him, you want to catch the ball and hurry up and fall down so you don't fumble. So that's just – but I think the tight end is going to become a bigger, bigger part of this team's offense going forward. Always good, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again next week. But uh, what an interesting game, and obviously an early one in London next week. Yeah, I hope you had a good time in lacrosse. Was it fun? I had a, I had a great time. I, I put on uh, almost 1,000 miles in a few days. We went to lacrosse. Uh, we ended up coming back. We went to Grafton after that. We were up in Cedarburg, then back into in Milwaukee, then up to Green Bay and back and had an absolute blast, did a lot of stuff. I think it was like 12 bars in three days and Oktoberfest and, and games. And uh, it was it was a whirlwind. There's no doubt about it. It was a lot of fun, though. Or, or how about the other fun part, for the? I guess for me, you know, it was right after halftime when, the, when I got a text message that, hey, I know a, a friend of mine works down there in, in, at Madison. He sent me a text, and he's like, hey, <laughs> Chris is gone. You know, so that was like the buzz in the press box in the third quarter there when that whole thing went, right. fell down. Did, uh, what, are your, what are your listeners saying? 
What do they think? I think a lot of people felt it was time, uh, first and foremost, so I understand that. I think the next aspect is, is you got to get it right. Can Jim Leonard turn things around? But my biggest argument is and always will be, Ohio State wasn't Ohio State until they became Ohio State. Alabama wasn't anything until Nick Saban came in, got him a championship, and I'll look at where they're at. Don't accept sub-mediocrity or above-mediocrity. Strive to be the best and put the resources to it. It's time. You're Wisconsin. And if you're not going to do it, quit telling people you're chasing championships. I agree. And I think the, the hard part for a lot of people, even for myself, when I'm looking at this, you got to take the X's and O's out of it. The world, it's a different, different format. You can get the best coordinator on offense and the best coordinator on defense. The head coach's job has got to be able to, to navigate this NIL mess and be able to, to get that recruiting machine going. And you got to do it by winning ballgames. So, you know, Jim Leonard might be a great defensive coordinator, but is, is he a head coach that can navigate this new world of NIL and in this new culture of, of young men coming up? God, I, you know, that's the question that's got to be asked. And I think you just get the best head coach, the guy who's going to be able to do all that, then let him hire the best coordinators and let those guys coach and he'd be the head coach. It's just, it's more of a, of a job now than coaching. You know, that's kind of yep. sad, but it, that's yep. just how I see it. You know, I don't think Nick Saban does much coaching. I think, you know, or any of those big guys, I don't think they're, they're great coaches. I just think they, they know how to turn on that recruiting machine and get good assistance. Like Belichick. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Good stuff, man. I appreciate yeah. it, pal. Talk to you later. There you go. That's Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes, giving us his thoughts as to uh, the uh, the Packers win yesterday. You tell me the good out of yesterday's win. Do you agree with Eric? He's like, hey, look, you can win like this. You're going to win like this, specifically in the postseason when you talk about the weather being what it is and you're going to run the football and, and, and all that. So, yeah, you can win like this. Sure you can. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. By all means, go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. And I saw they had a big celebration up there this past week, anniversary celebration this past weekend. It, it looked like a blast, and I really wished I could have been there. But uh, what a great place up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. They said thanks to their whole staff. They had really nice pictures over on Facebook. But if you are in the uh, within shouting distance of my voice and you're at a grocery store or wine store, liquor store, then call, call them out and say, where is Forgotten Fire Winery? Where are the wines? And if they say, we don't carry that, say, why or leave or can you and check it out. They have every whites, reds, rosés, ciders this time of year. They have all kinds of terrific stuff. That is our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. They are the official winery of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. I like saying that. Good people there, too. Again, uh, you got Jake and Chris and Melissa and their entire staff, such good people. Keep supporting local. Keep supporting Wisconsin. Keep supporting ForgottenFireWinery.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Really great people, I mean great people, 
out in uh, the Johnson Creek area. That is J&L Tire Service. Now, it's Goodyear. You can see it uh, from the highway, and it's just north of the highway and the Johnson Creek exit right off of 94. But they do everything from the soccer mom minivans to the uh, salesperson's cars to your normal everyday automobile all the way up to a uh, to a big rig out on the road. Uh, they handle everything. They've got the facilities to handle everything. Tires, brakes, tune-ups, whatever it is you need, a major engine repair or major brake repair, body repair, all that kind of stuff on your big rig. They can do a lot of different things. So uh, check out our buddies uh, out there, uh, Chad and Lyle. and They're great philanthropic, uh, philanthropic people as well. They do a lot of stuff in the community. So uh, I, I really highly recommend them. JNLTire.com. That's JNLTire.com. They're not only in uh, the Johnson Creek area. They're in Watertown as well. So two different locations. JNL Tire Service at both. You can see them right from the highway. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. I thought yesterday, if you want to talk about the good out of the Green Bay Packers, I thought the special teams were solid. I thought the offense in the second half was pretty good. Uh, I think the run game got it going. I still can't fathom for the life of me on the 50-yard scoring drive that the Packers go uh, in the uh, in the first half of that game. They go six plays, 50 yards. It was in the second quarter. It was to start, really, the second quarter drive. Six plays, 50 yards. Now, the one thing that was extremely unique about that particular series, the third series for the Green Bay Packers, was it was... Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and then Christian Watson. Aaron Jones for 10 yards. Aaron Jones for 5 yards. A.J. Dillon for 3 yards. Aaron Jones for 7. Aaron Jones for 10. Christian Watson with the end of round, 15 yards, touchdown. They went 50 yards in six plays, and they ran it down their throats. Ran the ball. They did it, right? The very next series, shotgun, Aaron Rodgers goes deep. Shotgun, A.J. Dillon up the middle gets stuffed for two yards. Shotgun, go deep again to Alan Lazard. Don't understand it. I get it. You're running the ball. You might have the the ability to take a shot, one shot. But I, I just, you know, the old adage in football is you keep doing it until they stop you. And the Packers were running the ball almost at will. I get Bakhtiari credit, too. He went a couple of series and then off, then a couple of series and then off. And I think he played the entire second half of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Played pretty well. So I'm getting a couple of solid kickout blocks on the run game. Some decent protection. Elton Jenkins struggled at the right tackle position. Uh, the middle was better. The middle of the interior of the offensive line was better. Uh, I saw Kenny Clark a couple of times run down the play from behind, but also I saw Kenny Clark get beat up a little bit up front. So it wasn't the best of days in the trenches for the Packers defensively either. But uh, And that's just, again, I, I tr- try to do as much focusing as I can. I haven't gone back and looked at everything. But um, I, I just some things were good and some things were bad. But I also look at the the uh, the special teams, and I give them a big kudos, which have gotten ste- – do you get more um, kiss- consistently good feelings about the special teams? You know what I mean? As the special teams go on, 
and continually progressed, you feel better and better about the direction Rich Passaccia and company are going. Uh, the return game, it's not prolific. They're not busting big plays, but they're also they're getting some blocks. They're getting some yardage. That average is creeping up a little bit, which is nice. Downfield protection has been pretty good. They had one gap that they allowed a return yesterday, but for the most part, really solid. Really solid. And then obviously Pat O'Donnell, I mean, come on. Late in the ball game, they needed a big punt, and they get it. He pins New England on their own two. I mean, huge moment in the game. Huge moment in the game, flipping the field. And then obviously process, uh, Matt uh, Mason Crosby splitting the uprights and getting the win. I, I thought there was a lot to, to really be excited about. Um, let's go to Brett. Brett, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Bill, how are you? Good. What you thinking? Well, I, you know, you mentioned that running. Last year and the last couple of years, my big complaint is you never seen them run it more than three times in a row. And I think it got, I think teams could see patterns. You know, especially in the shotgun, they almost, you could almost assume that Rodgers is going to throw. Mm-hmm. I think if they could line it up, line it up and go solid, um, run I think they're going to be better off you know sometimes I think if you watch the Patriots they load it up with that extra lineman tackle or as tight end eligible and they were just going to pound it at us and that between that guard tackle spot they ran that that just like crazy I couldn't believe how successful they were at that one run between the guard and tackle right we were doing that too and in in times before, if you look back in the playoff game, the year they lost to Tampa, they they ran the ball all the way down to the five yard line, and then they throw it three times to Devonte. You know, I mean, it, it, it's very predictable when you do that. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. I I also know that you know again I I don't want to pound the dead horse, but if if you're if it's working, why do you get away from it? I get you're trying to set things up later down the road. That I understand completely. I I understand it, but I we we have screamed forever that when things are working, why do they go away from what's working? Now maybe uh, maybe New England made an adjustment of some type and and they just said we couldn't run the ball anymore. But I, I just, I'm just like, wow, I, you know, all of a sudden you just get away from what got you there. And it's happened more than one time. Well, yeah, and when I coach high school football, if we ran that play and the other team didn't stop it, we're going to keep running it until they stop Right. And I think it just makes sense. I don't think you sit there and go, well, I'm, I'm smarter than that. You just say, well, no, try to stop it. Once you stop it, we'll try something else. I really like right. that misdirection running when they hand off to Christian Watson or it looked cause like a couple times. I'll give you an example. The week before they handed off up the middle, they didn't get the touchdown. And Roger said afterwards, I could have run it in myself. So I think mm-hmm. at times that there's going to be some times here where he could just fake the run and take off or hand it a, a, a pitch they did that a couple times where they pitch it out to the running back or the wide receiver coming around. I like that. I think that's a great movement on the ball. Yeah, yep, no doubt. But, Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Th- thanks for the phone call. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. we got to do this 
because we're running a little bit late. But hang in there. we got a lot more to come. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. And as a matter of fact, I saw they have a dealership now just on the border out in La Crosse uh, in Minnesota. I was driving north last night on 43 and coming back, a big, new, beautiful building right off of uh, 43 as you head towards Green Bay. Cunis is everywhere, and they continue to grow. They continue to acquire dealerships, which means they also continue to acquire different brands. They carry just about every big brand in the country. They take consignments. They have great trades. They have a huge inventory, and I noticed the inventory has grown. Uh, no reason not to give our friends a Cunis RV or just shopcunis.com if you're in the market for a, a new car or truck as well. Shopcunis.com. Shopcunis.com. K-U-N-E-S. K-U-N-E-S. That is cunisrv.com and shopcunis.com. Both great ways to be a, a participant in their system. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hotel Casino, five-time slot points as well. You can warm your hands up. Uh, this uh, The cooler months, play slots with your club card. You're good to go. And uh, also don't forget to that uh, 250 winners each Friday. It's a frenzy of nonstop wins. Friday night's 250 Fire Keepers Club members going to win 200 bucks in the reward play as well. Will you be next? For all the details, go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Again, paysbig.com, and you're good to go. That simple. Over there at our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Uh, all right, time now. Stock up, stock down. Ben Kenny, do we have some music for this? It's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. The key feature here is speed, trying to follow what's going on in the market so that uh, we can anticipate and catch trends as they occur. From this week of football. Stock up and stock down. I, uh, I'm i going to step away from the uh, pro ranks. I'm going to step right into the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, kind of a both. Stock down. Obviously, Paul Christ out. Stock up. Jim Leonard. And the ability to take over the program. I like the fact, stock up wise, that uh, Chris McIntosh made the move when he felt things were just getting away. He didn't wait to the end of the season. He didn't allow everybody to scream and yell and and, and go crazy. He started uh, anew, so to speak. Now we'll see where it goes, but stock up. I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers, Ben. Well, I mean, I will include Saturday. That was an embarrassment. That's the most flat I've seen them play, I, I don't know, in my life. Uh, Brett Bielham also looked like a pumpkin, so you could put that in stock up or <laughs> stock down. It's up to you. I don't know. It's interesting. I'll go to college, and maybe this will be a little ploy to get the Wisconsin program back on track. Mr. Lance Leipold at Kansas is undefeated. They are hosting game day. They are ranked. They're hosting TCU. And I think uh-huh. the only matchup of unbeaten teams in the Big 12. The Big 12 is winnable. And it's crazy. Someone asked me earlier today, why would Lance Leipold leave Kansas? Because it's Kansas. What he's doing right. is ridiculous. I completely agree. Lance, stock up. Big time. Uh, let's go uh, also some stock down. When you... 
Watch football this weekend. Uh, I uh, a lot of first of all, uh, Harbaugh over with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens stock down. Uh, I can't believe he didn't take the points and didn't try to just win that game and allow his defense. Although his defense did not play well in the entire second half of that game, giving up 17 points to the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to say stock down. He had the points; they were right there, was sitting right in front of you. And you know, Josh Allen is going to get you in field goal range. So at the very least, you were playing for the tie. And instead, he decided to allow Lamar Jackson and company to try to do their thing, and it didn't pan out. Stock down, bad move by Harbaugh. The Ravens end up losing the game 23-20 on a winning field goal by the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen took them right down and got a score. Bill, stock down. You could speak to this more than me because you were there yesterday. There was some chatter online about some Packers fans making noise on fourth and three when the offense had the ball. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I wasn't there. And the volume wasn't all the way up on my television, but I checked on Twitter. Apparently, there were some some questions about noise being made when the Packers had the football. Uh, I I I also I think there was a good amount of Patriots fans in the stands. Uh, I was out walking around. Now I have said this before. Uh, Kristen is a Patriots fan. She grew up a Patriots fan in Rhode Island, so she had her on her jersey and everything, you know. So when we were walking around and we were over by D2 and Stadium View and in Druzy's and in the uh, in the Bart Star area there, a lot of Patriots fans. So while the noise, I agree, might have been, you know, Packers fans trying to drown out Patriots fans. I think there was a lot of Patriots fans in, in attendance. I don't gotcha. think it was just the just the oh, by the way, the uh, the 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 fact that it was just Packers fans being that stupid. I think it was Patriots fans that were in the house too. That's just my assessment. I could hear it. I agree, but uh, I think I, I think there was more than a few. I think there was more than a few Patriots fans in the house. So I don't I don't blame it all on on the uh, Packers fans, so to speak. Gotcha. Um, I'll go so. stock up real quick. The Eagles are four and zero. They're undefeated. Right. Kudos to your Eagles, man. How about that? Eagles get the win. They knocked off the uh, pesky Jacksonville team in Doug Peterson's return to uh, Philadelphia, and they get them 29-21, putting up nine points in the fourth quarter to get that win. But, uh, again, they have two quarters in which they were basically shut out. But a nice job by Doug Peterson. I have more faith. Jacksonville goes to two and two on the season. I have more faith in Jacksonville than I have in a long time. But isn't it amazing how that team looks with a real NFL head coach at the helm. Even though they didn't win, how better Jacksonville looks and how much belief there is in Jacksonville now as opposed to the fact that the Eagles are, are sitting at 4-0, the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Uh, let me go stock down the Denver Broncos. Uh, they just look bad. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, for a team that the West, uh, we can even see stock, is, stock down for the West. Even though Kansas City was supposed to be challenged this year, after that little dust-up on the sideline between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes last week, you thought, uh-oh, this might be the beginning of the end. Instead, they come out, and they they could have ran for 65 points against the Buccaneers, and they didn't. But 41-31, they knock off the Buccaneers, and they, they just beat them up. And there's nobody in the West right now that looks capable of catching the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders are 1-3. While they put up 32 points, still not great. The Broncos, uh, they're just... 
bad. I don't know how else to put it, but but they're a two and two team that's pretty bad. Probably one of the worst two and two teams that uh, that exist this season. And then you've got the Chargers. They got a win over the Texans, but the Chargers are still banged up. They're trying to come back to form. They put up 34 points. They get a nice win, and they did it all throughout a multitude of scores throughout the game, but they only put up seven points in the second half of that contest, which is a little disappointing. But uh, the Chargers, I don't think they're ready to challenge yet, but they're probably the closest out of the rest of the teams in the West. But the West overall is not the powerhouse that I that, that many predicted. Well, I did, I should say, everybody, but I predicted it would be. So stock down for the Denver Broncos and more so the West division of the AFC. Gotcha. We're, we're going to come back to football in a second. I had to note this. The biggest stock down I saw, I don't know if you've been monitoring this or if you monitor weird sports stories, the competitive fishing world took a big hit yesterday when a massive scandal began. There are guys winning tournaments in Ohio stuffing fish with weights. They cut the fish open, put little lead weights in them, and fish fillets in order to make the fish they catch way more. And they caught them at the end. They cut the fish open, taken out the weights. There is chaos in the fishing world. So uh, it, it's a tough day to be a professional fisherman. It's... The amount of cheese, at least they're not sticking Benoit balls or something like that or anal beads into the fish. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that the fish aren't being weighed on the scale and the scale is vibrating at the time after we go through the old chess <laughs> scandal area. And they're not combining cheating in both uh, with the same means. Uh, real quick, one more, uh, and I'm going to go stock up. Uh, I, I love the Detroit Lions. I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions to get some wins. They got beat yesterday, and normally that'd be stocked down. They get, their, their secondary is terrible, and they gave up 48 points. But, damn it, they're scoring points. And, and at least right now, if you're a Detroit Lion fan, you're at least excited. Jared Goff yesterday threw for almost 378 yards, four touchdowns, had a quarterback rating of 121.5. And Ja Williams yesterday, 19 carries, 100 yards. TJ Hockett's in the tight end. 179 yards and a couple of touchdowns on eight catches. It's exciting football. It's just their secondary Sahawks. They'll get it eventually, but and they're still a pesky team. But I, I just I, I liked watching Hard Knocks. Uh, what I could see, and I liked uh, watching the Detroit Lions because I, I think eventually they're going to get it. Just right now, their secondary is terrible. Anything else? I echo all of those statements. My final one. Craig Council bunted away a baseball game yesterday, and it is largely flying under the radar. But the Brewer, I mean, they've blown like 12 saves since the trade deadline. It's ridiculous the ways they find to lose late in games. Mm-hmm. The Magic numbers won. The season is pretty much over. Uh, and he, Craig Council kind of got news dumped by Paul Christ, by the Packers winning. But, man, what a collapse. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, and we've talked about it for a while. It, I'm beating a dead horse. I understand it, but we are watching them basically bloodlet the season after the trade, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour, we're going to hear a lot from Mike Clemens. Sounds from inside Lambo. Stay tuned. we got more after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held on to beat the Patriots 27-24. The lead changed six times in the game before Green Bay went 77 yards on a 12-play drive to set up Mason Crosby for a winning field goal 31 yards out as time expired in overtime. Packers wide receiver Randall Cobb. Find a way to win a football game, man. It's it's hard to win in this league, and so many different guys made an impact on that drive uh, to put us in that situation for Mason to go out there and kick the field goal to win it. It's a team game, and our defense played really well. Our, our special teams flipped the field in many situations, uh, and they came up big there at the end with the field goal. The Patriots lost quarterback Brian Hoyer to a concussion early in the game. Third-string rookie Bailey Zappi came in to lead New England's offense with a quarterback rating of 107.4. Head coach Bill Belichick dialed up a defense that kept Aaron Rodgers and his receivers timing out of sync. Rodgers throwing only the fourth pick six of his career. Bill's, you know, a great coach. He had a great scheme. Your guys made some plays. Felt like we got into a rhythm in the second half with some of the play calls. I settled in and usually don't have two terrible halves. So kind of returned to the form I expect for myself and and we started moving the football. Bill Belichick. In the end, you know, Rogers is just too good. Um, he made some some throws that only Rogers can make. Um, we had pretty good coverage on on some of those and he just you know he's just too smart too good too accurate and in the end he just he got us we couldn't quite do enough so the packers improved to three and one and head to london to play the giants who beat the bears new england falls to one and three and in last place in the afc east patriot safety devin mccourtney on life after tom brady um 2020 was seven and nine last year we had a, a couple runs but you know, i think to get blown out in the playoffs i wouldn't say Hasn't always been uh, Super Bowls and AFC Championships, so uh, just got to keep battling, keep fighting, um, and, and try to find our way. That's the Patriots' Devin McCourty. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michael Show. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. This portion of The Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I- Love them. Love them. Love my fellow windows and doors, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, glad that they're here. Glad that they're in. Glad the new door is in. Saving me money. And uh, I'll tell you this. uh, I got the last two monthly heating and air conditioning bills, and they have been lower than normal, which I know the weather's changed a little bit. But uh, I've been really kind of trying to monitor this and watch this. And uh, in comparison to last year, I'm down about $60 over the last three months. So I saved myself that amount of money, and I'm not saying it's because of the window that was just replaced, but uh, I really pay attention to sealing everything up and making sure it's all good, and and uh, the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, awesome stuff. And they've got the deal right now. You can go, uh, you can go with uh, some no interest. They've got no interest for uh, many different buying opportunities. So you got to get a hold of my friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And see for yourself, again, PellaWI.com or call them at 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. Uh, let's get real quick. Uh, GD from Madison. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Hey, Unit. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, well, first, let me preface my question by just, you know, I listen to you pretty much every day. And I've been listening to you since you were back on the PM shift way down on the uh, three number am dial so so i'm not okay. trying to call you out or anything like that sure um, my, my question is to you is is last week you know they played tampa bay buccaneers 
Tom Brady, arguably the best quarterback in football history. Tampa's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, and they barely win, but they win in, regular, in regulation. Um, mm-hmm. And your post-game show last year, man, you were you pissed on almost every Cheerio in the bowl. <laughs> now this week, okay. this week, um, you know they play New England, third-string quarterback, team that's really not supposed to do much this year, and you kind of gave them passing grades. I'm just wondering what you saw between the two games that that gave them better score this week as opposed to last week. Well, that's a great question. Let me do this. We're at the top of the hour. I promise I'll get right to it coming back. Uh, so stay tuned. About a minute and a half away. I appreciate the phone call. So why the difference in tone from last week to this week? And I will, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that coming up. Stick around. Hang in there. Another hour yet to go. Also, Mike Clemens is going to join us coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes where we're going to break down the Packers game from yesterday for the remainder of the next hour. The remainder of the next hour. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to come. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.